2: An
3: Erio's original.
4: Hello, and welcome. Welcome to Web Crawlers, the podcast where we do a deep dive into some of our favorite mysteries each week. We will introduce our topic, lay out our research and findings, reveal some conspiracy theories, and conclude with our own hypothesis. I am Ali Siegel.
2: I am Melissa Stetton, and I producer Maria.
4: Melissa, who are our patrons for uh, today?
2: We've got Tenley, Kimberly, John, and David.
4: welcome Welcome. to the team friendos noticed a few people canceled their patreon subscription the day after i did some long erotica
2: you know you know they come and go but the real ones (laughs) the real ones stay with you forever you know the
4: real ones stay (laughs) i am so excited for our episode today me too this guy's crazy Of course I found him on my favorite (laughs) channel, Discovery Plus.
5: (laughs) We should be sponsored by Discovery Plus. It's so good.
4: We need to reach out to them. It's insane that we aren't already. I was going through their true crime section. Which is huge, by the way. Expansive. Endless endless and they're always coming out with new documentaries and every day every day (laughs) every minute every second something is dropping on discovery plus
5: god
4: and this just came out this is new from this month from October. well i guess it's november now from october this episode today and the documentary i watched it's on richard lee mcnair murderer robber and three-time prison escapee from three different prisons. A triple
5: threat. A triple threat, yes. (laughs)
4: Egon. He is also the first and only person to ever escape federal prison by mailing himself out. He's seen as a folk hero by some and America's most wanted by others. Let's get into the Houdini of criminals, Richard Lee McNair! (laughs) Wow, 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 wow. Let's get ready to rumble. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. While we know a lot about this case from the police investigation, a lot of what we know about it is from McNair's correspondence with a writer named Brian Christopher. Through more than 350 letters and 3,500 handwritten pages, From his solitary confinement cell at the Supermax in Colorado, Christopher, Brian Christopher, this writer, was able to write a book called The Man Who Mailed Himself Out of Jail, which chronicles firsthand details about the life of Richard Lee McNair.
2: It sounds like an urban legend, like the man
4: who mailed himself out of jail. The legend of Richard Lee McNair. If you're not careful, Richard Lee McNair will mail you to his house. So this is what happened. This writer, Brian Christopher, was once getting a drink at a bar near where McNair had been captured, and someone was regaling the story of McNair. Because like you said, he's kind of this urban legend, this folk hero. Yeah. Christopher asked what ended up happening to this guy. Where is he now? Does he have any family left? A wife? A girlfriend? No one knew the full story. So Christopher decided to write him in prison. Wow! Because who among us have not written a prisoner after a night of drinking to ask what was up with them? (laughs) I was going to say he's a real (laughs) Ellie Siegel. (laughs) He forgot that he had written the letter. But surprisingly, a few months <laughs> later, he was drunk, <laughs> he's like, "Oh
2: yeah, I got <laughs> drunk one night and wrote this Just wrote prisoner." This prisoner.
4: <laughs> he forgot about the letter, but surprisingly, McNair ended up writing back, and they became pen pals. Wow, dare I say, friends? And the rest is history. Brian wrote this incredible book. It's available on Amazon. From that book, an incredible documentary on my favorite network <laughs> discovery plus was created it's called the prison breaker
2: i, I watched a little bit of it today i was Fantastic. so i would never heard of this story
4: at me either hot off as the a press. prison
2: break fan super fan never heard of this and
4: day. we love prison what was that show that we all got into during oh 60 days in 60 days in oh my god
5: I love 60 days in and that guy that guy killed himself you sent me that article in the in the season I forget what season he was in two seasons he was like this ex-marine and he did 60 days in so well that he did they were like can you stay at the jail and do more and he was like okay and he killed himself like two years ago in public like on a street
4: I didn't know this. I don't Wait. think it was one of us that sent you that article. I'm just finding out now. I don't remember now. that.
5: <laughs> I thought you had sent it to me because I was like, because, you know, I like looking at the, like, you know, the cast members seeing what they're up to now, yeah. you know, checking
4: in. <laughs> yeah, you
2: like to check in. <laughs> I
5: like to it's check in. It's possible
2: that I just don't remember. <laughs>
5: yeah. It's this really, just type in 60 days in... Suicide. He was like, what was his name? Oh Wait. well,
4: yes, uh, Marine Nate Burrell. He was charged with five felonies, including rape, days before a suicide.
5: Oh, it was crazy though, because I was like, just w- I was watching a season. And I was like, this, the, the, like this guy's like really good at this. Like he's getting so much information and like becoming like. But he like wasn't a-, a criminal before he vol- allegedly. No, allegedly he was, in he the wasn't. show. No, he went right. in as like a help to Whoa. the warden.
2: That's like the opposite. You get out of prison and then
4: you. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, it's really. I sad. mean, that's a that's another interesting point that he was not did not have criminal tendencies prior to going to prison and then left with those tendencies.
2: Oh, in Allegan, Michigan. That's near Kalamazoo. Oh,
5: anyway, didn't mean to derail, but just uh, we
4: love prison stuff, and this is no different. Some background on Richard McNair. His home state is Oklahoma. Where the wind goes blowing down the range. He sold cars. (laughs) Just matter of fact, he sold cars (laughs) and he went to university studying criminal justice. Interestingly enough. Of course
5: he did. Know your enemy. Know your enemy. Yes. Yep.
4: He decided to join the Air Force after college to expand his point of view. His dad was also in the Air Force. His father was also the deputy sheriff. McNair hoped after the Air Force uh, that he would be stationed in Spain or Greece or France to get to explore. But instead, he was stationed in North Dakota in the winter. Yeah, not exciting. He said... He cried and cried and cried when he got off the plane. He was not excited. McNair was highly decorated and highly liked. He had merit badges for saving someone's life in a burning vehicle. He had tons of friends. His sergeant liked him. He wanted to be, be the best and he was always on the go. He worked part-time at a convenience store. He was also a DJ at the local country music station. What? And he <laughs> refurbished old trailers. He had tons of interests, was very ambitious, was always trying to make money and learn about things. Everyone thought he was a fantastic and cool and smart guy. I still think he's a fantastic and cool and smart guy. <laughs> You know, people contain multitudes. (laughs) Minus the small blemish on his record where he (laughs) murdered someone. So in November 1987, McNair murdered Jerome, quote, Jerry Thies, a truck driver at a grain elevator in North Dakota, and he injured another man. He was trying to commit a robbery at this grain elevator, but the two men showed up out of nowhere McNair was surprised and he shot them. And one man died. The other man lived but was injured.
2: What was he trying to rob a grain of? Oh, like tools or money or something? I guess.
4: I don't know. He was trying to rob something. Grain? Grain. Yeah, he got to get that grain. Got to get that grain. In 1988, he pled guilty to the crime and was sentenced to life in prison at Bismarck, North Dakota Penitentiary. He and another inmate tried to escape in April 1991, but their attempt failed. I will Damn. say there are three main escapes, but this guy does many escapes or many oh, escape attempts. Only three attempts. were
2: successful.
4: Three successful escapes, but an uncountable amount of mini escapes.
5: You miss 100% of the shots you don't take.
4: Exactly. Yes, Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> uh-huh.
5: Uh-huh.
4: McNair's first escape attempt occurred at the Minot Municipal Police Station in 1988, shortly after he had been arrested. McNair's period as a fugitive lasted only a few hours. He was very quickly recaptured. After his initial arrest, he was handcuffed to a chair and left in a room with three detectives. But the cops the cops, were kind of like ignoring him. Like, he's handcuffed now. He tried to run away. We got him. He's handcuffed. We can go about our business. He's fine. In his pocket, McNair had keys from his Air Force days, handcuff keys, chapstick, and a wallet. So first he tries to insert his handcuff keys into the handcuffs, but they're the wrong type of key. So he says, oh, shit, the military keys don't work. Then he gets his chapstick and he greases his hands and his wrists (laughs) as much as he can with, with his chapstick. And then he slowly pulls his hands out of the handcuffs. Like when your ring is too tight, so you have to butter it up and oh, get yeah. your ring off.
2: I could probably do that.
4: <laughs> yeah. You I small- can make my hand really small. Exactly. But he has man wrists. You have dainty lady hands. He is, he is big. Well,
2: then the cuffs would be even tighter because my wrists are so small.
4: I guess that's true. Do they make XX small cuffs?
2: For babies?
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they make cuffs for babies? Because if not, I have a boss dog idea that I'd like to pitch. Shark Tank. <laughs> Is your baby a bad boy? <laughs> cuffs for babies. So McNair finally gets the cuffs off. He looks around, realizes no one's paying attention to him, and he takes off. The detectives are shocked, but our bad boy McNair does not stop. And he is long gone. Then he steals a car (laughs) and a cop starts driving behind him. Oh, and it's rush hour traffic. So it's bumper to bumper. He is driving a stolen vehicle, just escaped jail. A cop is driving behind him and he's like, I'm fucked. But the cop isn't pulling him over or anything. His lights aren't on. He's thinking, is he just trailing me? What am I doing? He's panicking. Then McNair's car breaks down. Oh no. So McNair pulls over and he just pretends to be frustrated. He like pounds on the car and he's like, oh man, what a day. And the cop <laughs> drives by and shrugs and just keeps driving.
2: That's good. That's yeah. good.
4: And that this theme keeps happening where he yeah. just is great at escaping. He goes head to head with the cops several times and they just let him go because he's such a good con artist actor. That's what you got to do. Yes. You have to pretend to be it. Act normal. I never act normal. Even when a cop drives (laughs) by, I like turn down the music and I get so scared. But this guy just leans into being normal. So once the cop drives by, McNair gets out of the car. He sprints away. He runs to an abandoned house where he used to live. He breaks in and he takes some time to collect himself. The cops show up at the house. They know that he used to live there. They assume that he's probably going to be there. He then leads the police on a chase on foot through town, up a three-flight stairway. He's then surrounded by the cops on a three-story building downtown.
2: Damn.
4: McNair attempts to jump to a tree branch to escape arrest, but the branch breaks.
2: <laughs> it's like a Benny Hill, <laughs> Benny <Yeah>. Hill sketch. <laughs> yeah.
4: It's crazy. Uh McNair, he's he's Mr. Beating all around town. <laughs> yeah, McNair <laughs> he lands on the ground and he hurts his back, so he's apprehended. But McNair pretends to be paralyzed. Oh, he thinks that they'll take him to the hospital if he pretends to be paralyzed.
2: That's like when you pretend to be dead. When
4: when
2: (laughs) someone tries to listen to our
4: podcast, yes, he
2: used the web crawlers tips.
4: (laughs) Yes, you got to play dead. So he pretends to be paralyzed so that they'll take him to the hospital. And he thinks if the cops think I'm paralyzed, they won't just stay in the room and watch me. They'll just leave me there because they know I can't really go anywhere. But he's in the room with the cop for a little bit and his foot actually does start to fall asleep. So he wiggles he wiggles his toe a little bit just by habit and the officer sees and everyone knows that he's not paralyzed anymore. So they're like, you son of a bitch. You're going back to the you
2: hospital. Little you little trickster.
4: son of a bitch. <laughs> you son oh of a bitch. Gosh. Yes. So our king, unfortunately, has to go back. McNair is released from the hospital and he is moved to Ward County Jail in Minot In February 1988, deputies discover another escape attempt <laughs> when, and this isn't even a real one. This like doesn't count. This is one of the many ones. When after moving McNair to a cell, they find two cinder blocks that have been chiseled out from the wall where he was being oh, held.
2: Classic. Classic yeah, that, escape route.
4: Yeah, that's just, that's movie <laughs> stuff. That's, yeah, yeah, that's basic. That well, You got to try it. You got to
2: try it. You a, have you prison, to try to carve out the wall. You got to try to carve a tunnel. It's fun.
4: <laughs> but after this, McNair's like, I'm going to become a model prisoner and just throw everyone off my trail.
3: So uh-huh.
4: he becomes involved in crime prevention programs for local teenagers. He speaks about how everyone should be a model prisoner because prison is not the way of life. There's nothing for you in prison. Outside world is where it's at. And I took a clip from the documentary where I'm like, McNair is a web crawler. I'm sorry. Let's... I'll play it right now.
2: The rest of your life no world kings no dairy queens
4: no mcdonald's this is it this is all there is so he's saying in prison there's no dairy queen there's no mcdonald's so you should not want to be here Burger forever King. Yeah, there's no Burger King in prison. You gotta, you gotta work to That's get out. There's no life here. to live. Yeah, there's no <laughs> life to live if there's no Jackie. He's like, in, jack he's like running
2: you. for like high school.
4: Yes. Like uh, president, student body president. president. <laughs> McNair even worked on the prison newspaper, which is how he got his idea for his nest, a prison next newspaper. escape. Oh, yeah. I feel like there's a lot of fun clubs and activities in prison. So because of the newspaper, he got a tour of this new education room that they were building because he was probably going to do a column about it. And he got to see that there was a fault in the architecture. He saw that there was an air vent in the education room that was definitely able to fit people in it and escape from
2: another classic escape route. Air vent. Air vent.
4: The air vent. So on October 9th, 1992, the next plan is put into action. This is escape two. McNair, actually, this is like 2.5 kind of. McNair, his friend Kicker, and a welder guy, because they all plan to break out of jail through that education broom air vent where they see they can escape without the cameras. Mm
2: -hmm. The
4: cameras aren't positioned there. The night before the escape, though, the warden comes in and says, yo, I heard about the escape. <sighs> the third man, the welder, was a snitch.
2: Oh, you, you,
4: you, you son, of <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> he wanted an early release and he uh. told on those bad boys, McNair and Kicker. So Kicker and McNair get an extra three years added to their sentencing. Oh,
0: come on. Come on,
4: you son of a bitch. However, this does not stop McNair from wanting to go through with the plan. He and Kicker decide to try it a year later again with this other bro named Rick. I will say I got a little bit confused here in my research and in the documentary I'm not sure if they did the same plan twice or if the original breakout that didn't work was a different escape where they got snitched on, but I don't know. Anyways, a year later, they tried to escape again through the air room vent. During prison movie time, they decide to put on the movie Ten Commandments Because everyone's seen it a million times. They know people will be distracted and talking, so the prison guards will have Ah. to go around and try to stop the talking and things like that. They close the blinds in the room. Then Kicker, McNair, and Rick climb through the exhaust vents into the ceiling. Nice. They climb through the vents and onto the roof. They go from roof to roof jumping down getting down to the final roof which is 12 feet down when they land on that final roof though it makes a huge thumping noise no and officers call inside to see what's going on a guard comes out and sees them on the roof she reaches for what she thinks is her gun but it turns out to be a whoopee cushion it turns out what? to be a no, it's a radio. She oh, yells oh. stop. She yells. <laughs> she yells stop. That'd be a cool prank. <laughs> she yells stop, but obviously they don't. The guy Rick sprains his ankle. So they, oh. he gets like lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Kicker and McNair get out of the prison and they cross the freeway. They drop all their gear so they can move quickly. They split up and they are gone. Nice. Nice. Yeah. McNair has been gone for 24 hours. He steals a car from a plumbing company. And then he makes a very weird decision. He hears on the radio that both uh, Kicker and Rick have been caught and are back in jail. Uh. So he decides to mail them gifts. He says, What? (laughs) I don't know. This guy is just an enigma. He sends some money to Kicker back in jail and he sends the other guy a television. You could send people TVs? I guess. I don't know. It's so confusing. He says he wanted to be a good boy. He made a promise to himself and God that he would never hurt anyone again. And so he wanted yeah. to send them. He wanted to send them presents to make sure everything okay. was cool between them. He calls himself a good boy several times through this documentary, and every time it made me horny. Just an FYI. Allie. <laughs> Google him. He's not bad looking.
5: I've so, seen a picture of him. Exactly. He's a murderer. He murdered someone.
4: It wasn't it, like it wasn't intentional. He just got spooked when he was robbing. Okay, so okay. Richard McNair then goes into a convenience store. And says this is the craziest thing ever. He says that he's a reporter for the New Yorker, and he's doing and it. And he's doing an investigation on coal miners in the area, and ask if there's anywhere to stay in the in the area for a, a few weeks while he's doing his report. Uh-huh. And the convenience owner is like, "Oh man, a real life journalist from the New Yorker! How cool! You can stay with me." <laughs> and McNair's like. Okay, tight. Yeah, okay. (laughs) So the convenience store owner invites Richard to stay with him in his extra guest room, and he does. He invites Richard to the VFW for a drink. The VFW is the Veterans. Oh,
2: yeah, the Veterans, uh, the club, Veterans Club, the VFW my
4: grandpa used to go there. Veterans of Foreign Wars. Yeah. yeah. Veterans of Foreign Wars for a drink. Richard he, McNair keeps saying, no, he's on the lamb. He can't right. <laughs> go hang out and drink with people. But the convenience store guy keeps asking over and over again to the point where it'd get weird if he didn't go. Right. So McNair ends up going out for drinks. But he goes in the character of this New Yorker reporter who's <laughs> doing the report on coal mining And everyone in the community loves him because a lot of these people are coal miners now. And everyone pours their heart out to McNair about coal mining. They talk about the plight of the community. This woman cries to him about what it's like to be a female in the coal mining business. McNair's like, I want to write this story for you guys to bring your causes to the general public to make sure everyone knows how great you guys are and what you're going through and how much you matter to the American people. So McNair becomes a hero in this community, (laughs) all based on this weird persona that he's created. The next day, the convenience store owner takes McNair to the barbershop to get a haircut. Other people in the community take him to get clothes. They're bringing him food, accepting him, inviting him places. And
2: they don't think it's weird that like this (laughs) journalist is like, can't afford
4: to stay in New York, can't afford a haircut. I don't, it's, so this guy has god on his side it's so weird he doesn't want to stay in one place for too long though so ultimately he leaves he says though that that experience made him feel human again like he was treated like a man and not a murderer he goes to graceland to hit up the sites he goes to dallas and he's wearing all sorts of different disguises at one point he has bleached blonde hair he has a crew cut At one point, he took steroids to make his face and his body wider and different to be unrecognizable. He's a true Jason Bourne. This guy should not be in jail. He should be in the CIA. He's incredible. He's on the run for nine months, eventually goes back to Duncan to visit his mother. His mother's happy to to see him. Big mistake.
2: No, but he's still not
4: found. He's still not found.
2: Wow.
4: This is what does it, though. He's featured on America's Most Wanted. Oh, and will do it. That'll do it every time. And the <laughs> people get, from the yeah. VFW start calling in being like, oh. "Uh, I think you mean the columnist from the New Yorker who's the best guy of all time." And <laughs> the police are like, "No, that's actually a criminal. He's murdered oh, people that No. Everyone's devastated." So McNair remained free for 10 more months until he was ultimately arrested in Nebraska. He was transferred to several different facilities in hopes that he would go somewhere where he could not escape. But they ultimately deem an escape unlikely. Stupid. What? I know. So they transfer him to the United States penitentiary in Louisiana. But then here we go. Oh boy. Escape number three. Let's take a quick break for announcements. Webcrawlers has a Patreon to get access to rewards, bonus episodes, bonus videos, and more. Please go to patreon.com slash webcrawlers. You can donate as little as $2 a month to become one of our bimbo patrons, or like $24 for the entire year. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and we will read it on our mailbag episode. Also, Erios has a hotline. Insert jingle here. 626-604-6262. 626-604-6262.
1: Six six, six oh six two six two.
4: Continue to call us. We will continue to play your voicemails. You guys are our unhinged besties. Back to our program. On April 5th, 2006, Ms. McNair escaped from the U.S. Penitentiary in Pollock, Louisiana. His duties here included work in the manufacturing area where he would repair old, torn mailbags. He held his position for several months, throughout which McNair plotted his escape, mailing himself out of this motherfucking jail hell yeah what he did is he covered a wooden pallet in mail bags and then he wrapped shrink wrap around it that clear plastic wrap
2: oh yeah i saw i looked up pictures of this
4: yeah we'll post one so it's yeah it looks like a crate it's probably like three feet by three feet square. yeah yeah With mail bags all surrounding it and then wrapped in plastic. So it's really thoroughly wrapped. He left a tiny hole in there. So then after his shift was done, he told everyone, hey, I have to go to the medical ward. I'm not feeling well. Will you tell the guys that this is supposed to go to the loading dock? And the other prisoners were like, yeah, sure. Okay. He secretly climbed into it and then finished duct taping himself in. He had a soda bottle with a tube attached to it, which peeked out a little bit so that he can breathe.
2: Right. Because he's covered. He's like inside this pile. It's like probably like what? Four feet tall.
4: Of yeah. Just like mailbags. Mailbags and plastic wrapped. It's like a sauna in there. Right. Oh, yeah. Because so, it's Louisiana. It's like 100 degrees. Yeah. So... The bag or the cart is placed in the hot sun for hours oh, before no. going onto a truck, or before he hopes it going It's going onto a truck, and he's sitting there for hours and hours in the hot sun, afraid he's going to die of dehydration, overheating. He's sweating everywhere. There's nothing he can do. He doesn't know how long he's going to be in the hot sun, wrapped in saran wrap, essentially. Oh, God, it's gonna just be so breathing out of a there. little tube. Then an inspector comes by, looks at the pallet and starts poking at it and says, this looks different than all the other pallets. Like, what's going on here? This looks a little different. Uh Oh. Then another inspector says, oh, it looks fine. Just put it on the put it on the crate. It looks okay. Let's just go. Like, let's not hold up our day. (laughs) And the other inspector is like, no, we need to inspect it. This looks weird. The other person's like, no. And then finally, that inspector (laughs) is like, just put it in the warehouse. We'll leave it till the morning. So then they put the pallet in an empty warehouse. And after a few hours, McNair realizes he's alone in a cool warehouse. So he had brought a razor with him and he cuts himself out of the pallet. He crab walks towards an open door, (laughs) calmly walks out of the warehouse, out onto the street, past the gate. Wait, he
5: crab walks? He crab walks
4: like uh, military walks, military style. Oh, crab walk is like that. Oh.
2: It's said uh, in a like, documentary. Sideways. Crab, crab walk sideways.
0: Like,
4: yeah, he was crab
2: walking out of there. I
0: didn't
4: <laughs> Just for fun. Because <laughs> it was funny. He walks like an Egyptian out of <laughs> crab. Crawl. He does Like an army slide. crawl. Like an army yeah, he crawl. Army, he army crawls. He army crawls <laughs> out of the warehouse, <laughs> out onto on the, the street. Ele- <laughs> he did the electric slide out of the warehouse. He moonwalked <laughs> out into the forest, and he is free again. So, uh... there is the craziest video on YouTube, and we will post it, I guess, on, all t- on our Twitter, but after he escapes, oh, yeah. he gets to an open road, and a cop has the road closed down, because someone's just escaped prison. It's like 45 minutes later. Uh, and they they realize that he's gone. And he runs straight into this cop. And the cop is like, Oh, who are you? Someone's just escaped prison. And Melissa, do you wanna play the YouTube? Because it's I, cr- I
2: have some uh I saved some audio oh, great. from it, some good parts. Yeah, he was like jogging on a railroad track. Yeah, and like a co- there's like a road crossing, and a cop saw him and was like, "Hey, hey yeah. you!" And then here's what happened. Where
3: do you live at? Down the road by Yost, uh, Uh-huh. Okay. Do you have any form identification on you? No, man. What's your yeah. name?
5: Robert Jones. Robert Jones. Robert uh-huh. Jones. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm not supposed
2: to be on the tracks. No, that's not the problem right now. Where you, where's your address? I don't have an address. I'm at the hotel.
5: We're working on uh,
3: houses and stuff. I guess we roofing. Roofing? Yep. Okay. For my brother.
4: All right. Oh, yeah. um, what we got got an escapee?
3: Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, Man. shit.
5: Where from? Uh, prison. Is there a prison here? Yeah. A prison room. here? No. Yeah. Huh. Oh, my
2: God. He's laying on a little thick. He said his name is Robert Jones. Remember that he said his name was Robert Jones because yeah, they may change later. I guarantee you I'm not. You no know one. the bad thing about it? What's that? You're mashing up to him. Come on. <laughs> He's He's
4: exactly.
2: Up. Yeah. Um, when you say that, that uh,
4: Titus Field or Titus Inn? Titus Inn. Just making
2: up a hotel. And then. The Titus Inn?
4: Titus You're just Inn. just making shit up. It's like Kaiser Soze. Yeah. We're originally Dallas, Texas.
2: So he's from Imagine Dallas. I'm not sure you, you stay out of, out of Dallas, Texas. Dallas. And what's your name again? Jimmy
4: Jones. Jimmy Jones. It's a totally it's, different name and the cop doesn't even realize it. He said it
2: was Robert Jones oh first. This goes on God. for eight minutes. And then here's another question.
4: Except for my position.
2: Well, yeah, but I'm not. I know. I'm not. not, not,
3: not, I'm, not I'm not. I'm not You're going to get some.
2: Hey, you wouldn't believe what them guys do. I
1: mean, they got years and years to think about how they're going to do it. Now,
0: uh, when I
2: crossed the tracks down there, I saw you running. I said, well, how lucky can I be? No, <laughs> well, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> oh, he said he was jogging. God. By the way, it, it says on the screen, it says it's 116 degrees. He's like, yeah, I jog oh, 12 miles every day. Like, who is jogging?
4: That's also a crazy thinking about how he was in that pallet in the sun yeah. in 160-degree weather. He's lucky he didn't
0: oh. die of dehydration or yeah. something.
4: And then the cop
2: lets him go.
0: I promise you I'm not doing damn crazy. Escaping. You'd have done run
2: by now.
0: He's like, <laughs> you've been you really run by now. <laughs> yeah. You'd have
2: done run by now. Well, if you can't verify me. I'll be. Get- Did you see anybody or anything? There's some kids up there playing. I saw you saw? Yeah. He's like, I saw some kids. My job,
1: man. I know you are. But, um, uh, yeah, just be careful. You probably get stopped again, okay? okay. Don't, don't be alarmed by it. Order,
2: order. And then he lets them go. Yeah, I mean, don't be alarmed by it. Don't be upset okay. about it. You know, they'll just stop you for a minute, check you out and everything. But if you do jog again in the future, carry some ID with you. See, I don't, in oh
5: I'm my sorry. God. When I was in the military, we never carried
2: our ID yeah. on base and stuff.
5: On base? That's horrifying. That's horrifying.
2: if you're going to jog again. That way, I mean, if you get over by a train, I know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to start second-guessing who he is, you know. You can you write down your uh, phone number, your cell phone number? He, like, so can you, like, ask for the cops' number? call. You got a cell phone with you? Oh, hell no. I don't even have a cell phone or anything. Just call 911 is all you got to do. They'll get a hold of us. All right. I all got you. a quick line there. Have a good day now. Be careful, buddy. Thank you.
5: All right. I can't it's believe crazy. that. I can't also believe that.
2: Also
4: amazing. It's the funniest part, too Is that they they didn't have, you know, immediate... I mean, I guess they had cell phones, but the technology wasn't so immediate then. So they had faxed a photo of McNair to everyone of, you know, prisoner prison escapee. And the fax was so bad that no one could really see what he looked right. like. So that hurt him from getting truly recognized Ooh, because you couldn't man. really see what he looks like. Also, there's a point where... The description of McNair it says has scars on his hands or wrists, right. and the cop looks and is like, "Ah, oh, you're fine." It's so
5: bizarre. That's it's really infuriating. Like apparently the scars I can't believe
2: that. faded.
4: Yeah, had faded it was, like twenty <laughs>
2: years ago. They said he had scars, like the scars were kind of gone. He's like, "Oh, you're good." Yeah. You're not him, even though you look just like him. You look him. just
4: like him, and you pretty much keep changing your name and your alibi. you were uh,
2: running on a train track <laughs> at 116 degree heat, the same exact time a prisoner escaped, and you look just like him. But have a good oh, day, boy. sir.
4: He calls him buddy at the end. It's
5: insane. That makes me uncomfortable. That makes me go like, what are people... Doing? Girl. Why aren't like the entire thing of like even like the male people being like, no, we don't have to check it. Yeah, so what? It's like everyone's just letting things slide. Yeah. What well, you've seen
4: sixty days in when we watch it, they're pretty negligent.
5: Yeah, in those
2: places. It's just uh, no one. It's just people who don't want to do their jobs. It's just like you can't regulate everything. You can't yeah. like constantly yeah. watch people.
4: Oh, it's horrible. Mm, yeah, it's crazy. so he crosses the border. He goes to Canada on yeah. foot and he steals a car. On April 28, 2006, he is confronted for the stolen car. He's parked at a local beach. The officers ask McNair to step out of the car and they question him and he doesn't have any registration. He doesn't have an ID right. or anything like that. So he just sprints away. Hell but the, yeah. But Yes, our <laughs> king. But the cops don't get him, nor do the cops realize that it's McNair until a few days after when they see oh, him on America. Canada. Yeah, they're they don't get America's most wanted. They yet. don't think they, get, they it's, had to wait a, a delay. <laughs> <days>. Yeah. So <laughs> they
5: get Canada's most wanted. Exactly. Yeah. And
4: that's just that's just Melissa's husband, Martin and uh-huh. until they get and, the America- mo-
5: and he's most wanted by melissa
4: yeah baby so <laughs> then no. they see america's most wanted and they're like oh fuck it's mcnair he's in canada we gotta get him." oh we should have chased him we should have chased <laughs> that guy so throughout his time as a fugitive this is the funniest part mcnair was obsessed with tracking his own story on the internet i guess He would read all the articles about him. He loved to read the comment section. McNair suspected that the Louisiana police had attempted to contact him by posing as a woman online. (gasps) At one point, he says. Tried to catfish him. They tried to catfish him. He owned several laptops. He The laptops were eventually seized, but he... With the help of a scanner, a digital camera, Photoshop, and a pet ID website, McDare made his own fake ID, Alaska fake ID.
2: Oh wow! So he pet
4: ID website. I know. Was it Neopets? Like, how was he? <laughs> how, with he the help of Neopets. With the help of Neopets, he was able to make fake IDs. <laughs> it makes no wow. sense. So he was just living in Canada off the grid, not being caught. On October 24th, 2007, this cop or Mountie, whatever constable, Dan Melanson, a Canadian cop, sees this white van with really crappy looking windows and a license plate that looks funky. He thinks the van might be stolen or used to do something weird. He runs the plate and realizes that the van is stolen. He looks through the van, there's no one in it, but he sees that it belongs to McNair. There's some stuff of McNair's in it. Uh. He decides not to get McNair then, but to chase the vehicle or um I'm forgetting the word. Uh what's it when you when you like drive behind a case or, pursue I
2: mean? trail pursue trail
4: trail yeah so he like trails the car for a little bit which eventually leads to a low-speed uh car chase which leads to a foot chase and our boyfriend america's boyfriend mcnair is eventually captured in Damn. october and he is taken back to jail for the final time the best part though is that When he was captured for the final time, he was still joking around with the cops. Apparently, one officer said to McNair, how much is your reward for your capture? And McNair said, $25,000. And the cop said, that's not much. And McNair said, yeah, all that government money is tied up in Osama bin Laden's reward, huh? Uh, It's a real jokester. Good one. So... He's now has life in prison. He spends all his time in a 12 by seven foot concrete cell. He lives with five other prisoners. Pretty surprised he's not in solitary confinement. He's in a supermax
2: and he's in the same prison as uh, I think the Boston bomber
1: and oh. El Chapo
4: maybe was in that one too. He's sixty two years old now. He is he's serving wow. two two life sentences. Wow. Yeah, and he became pen pals with this journalist after, and that's how we have all the details of there's no way he has a Twitter account, right? <laughs> no, well, like he's pretty is,
2: sneaky. What what's his face was tweeting from prison? Uh the the
5: The um, Firefest guy, right?
4: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what is this? This can't be his Twitter account. But why is someone I mean,
5: I typed in, can you have Twitter in prison? And what what the uh, first answer that comes up is, if you exceed the 250 DM limit, you will be in Twitter jail until the next like it's telling (laughs) me that you'll go to Twitter jail if like you don't play. No, tell me if you can tweet in prison. This person joined September
4: 2011. Crime reporter Brian Christopher has told my story in The Man Who Mailed Himself Out of Jail, the incredible true story of escape artist Richard Lee McNair.
2: I mean, it could be someone that set it up for him or like... I
5: think in order to tweet, you have to like write in letters to people to do it on your behalf. Like, So
4: maybe he has a prison pen pal and he asked him or her to make a Twitter account and she runs it. Oh, and it looks like this is him trying to get people to write, to buy the book.
5: Because yeah, there was that guy that was tweeting from prison. But I guess it was because... You know what I'm talking? Melissa, you know who I'm talking about. It was that guy that... Committed suicide. No, it was his name was. Hold on, his name was um Mick um, Mick-fee? Mick, McAfee Mick. McAfee. Oh, John
2: McAfee, the McAfee software virus guy who like was tweeting all this crazy conspiracy stuff, and then yeah, John McAfee tweets from prison. He was in Spain. Oh, maybe it's I think
4: that this is. I think that this is run by Brian Christopher. Oh, it might
2: be, because it's promoting his book. Yeah. Yeah.
4: He also appears to be a (laughs) anti-vaxxer.
2: Really? That's what you're going to go on Twitter about? (laughs) 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 Got to tweet about vaccines from prison. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that John McAfee guy. Didn't he tweet, if I die... Just know yeah. that it wasn't me or something, yeah, and he died in prison of a suicide. It was in Spain, though that guy he was that guy's kind of out of his mind, so who knows
4: um all right, well, that is the story of Richard Lee McNair, the only man to break out of jail three whole different times. that's crazy, yeah, pretty, pretty wild stuff if you guys know anything.
2: you've ever broken out if you've
4: ever broken out of jail (laughs)
2: let
4: us know melissa where can people (laughs) reach us
2: you can reach us at uh (laughs) webcrawlers at
4: gmail.com that seems like it works fine anyways (laughs) i am Allie. butter up your wrists with chapstick seagull
2: i'm melissa big fan of fox's show prison break that should have <laughs> ran for way more season stettin
4: oh
5: and i'm producer maria let's do the job let's just let's follow through let's just with do with the jobs. jobs guys just do your job let's just do the let's jobs. Just do our jobs let's
4: do
5: you <laughs> all right bye guys <laughs> bye bye
3: by
1: My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone.